Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. drinks loud unbelievable he's just a sweet little monkey he's just a little baby bear <laughs> tap dancing around everyone just go to bed ah, just lie down everybody lie down he's like that guy in midsummer oh yeah have we talked about how he is like gonna vote for biden <laughs> no it's so unfortunate i live with a biden supporter mm-hmm. yeah He's just, he just wants everyone to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Go to bed. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about me. Everyone in bed by nine. <laughs> Weed is a gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't like you when you trip, right? Archie doesn't like anything. Like, he doesn't want me to get high. <laughs> he doesn't want me to leave the house. He's, he's a worrier. Like, he's okay with me eating, mm-hmm. but he needs to have some to make sure that it's okay. It's not poison. He yep. doesn't even want to eat it. He just wants to make sure he's, you're not going to get poisoned. Yeah, he's just my taste tester, like <laughs> in the royal court. Yeah. But yeah, he's nervous about everything. He doesn't want anything to happen. He's a fucking Biden supporter. He is a fucking Biden supporter. He's yeah. got great teeth. <laughs> <laughs> fucking veneers. You got your dog veneers. Yep, I see uh-huh. him glistening in the dark. It's so unfortunate. It is, because like Bernie, at this point, it's like, Bernie's like, we need to just like destroy everything and build it from the ground up yeah. on on like principles of honesty, like socialism and like justice for all. Uh-huh. And Archie's like, oh no, no, I don't like change. <laughs> change. Keep everything the same. He's, he's he's if you get like a a luggage out, what is that called? If you start packing luggage, oh yeah, he get he fucking loses his <laughs> shit. He's like, oh suitcase, a suitcase, uh, malarkey. <laughs> oh no, malarkey. <laughs> It sucks. He is. Bobo's for Bernie, though, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, real talk, when I tweeted out um, um, that Biden is for people who like Big Bang Theory, the response was, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're dumb enough to like that show, you definitely are dumb enough to like Biden. Yeah. So. I mean, it's not even a matter of being dumb. Like, he was one of the fucking architects of the drug war. Like, he is straight up not good. No, he says whatever it takes. He calls people fat. He, like... <laughs> He, it's John like Daly subliminal, yeah, subliminal fat. Fat, fat. And I saw a, a crazy video last night that was like a mashup of all the times he just like manhandled young girls and like was hauling them around by the arm and like photo, photo ops at, at the White House. And he was like really like hands on and like this one girl, he like tried to kiss her and she looked so uncomfortable. It was just, yeah. Also, his brain is mush. E- it's pretty wild. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how if you just look at biden's brain last time he ran uh-huh. to this time and uh-huh. same with trump's like their their brains are all turning into applesauce yeah <laughs> yeah we need we need some young fucking 78 year old <laughs> fresh fucking blood in government right now in yes. power right now vote for fucking bernard please oh my god yeah i mean i was you know it's fucking disheartening because i was really excited to have a great female candidate uh in Elizabeth Warren and you know there were other fucking amazing women Kamala Harris and yes. Amy Klobuchar and it was just really well Kamala exciting. was against weed too but no. she like she walked it back but you know strong women in in the running was a fucking great thing and uh, 
Ooh, you know, International Women's Day was on Sunday, and <laughs> I uh, was like, yeah, it's the fucking day where we get to once a year poke our noses out of the ground and sniff the air to see if uh, any women will be in more leadership roles. But it looks like this year there's going to be four more of the fucking old white dudes in charge. So that is, uh, I get like a pain in my stomach when I think about it. I is it because they're old white and dudes, or is it because just, their values are all the same? Old white dudes. It's always yeah. been old white dudes, and it is more of the fucking same. And I'm fucking exhausted, along with a lot of other women and fucking girls. Like it's time for someone else. Like it was fucking great to have Barack Obama in the White House. Still a guy though. Like let's let's try something else, please. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> we are half the population. Can we please, please have some fucking representation at the top? That's what's up. You know, and I had a fucking troll who's actually a, you know, a friend, weirdly, like a, a friend's husband, hop on my um, Facebook the other day when I was like, ugh, I'm so fucking tired of this. Like, again, you know, it's between two white men. And he was like, Tulsi Gabbard is running. Or did you not pay attention to that? Oh, I saw that You bullshit. and your Democrat party. And I was just like, oh, my God. God and I had to engage with him like civilly and like have a bit of a conversation with him about it because he is a you know a friend or a friend of a friend and um, I didn't want to just sort of like but you dismantled him him. but I did (laughs) I did fucking dismantle him and then also a couple of other friends came to you know comment on the page yeah but one of them like shut up (laughs) I fucking Joel Hadley came in hot and stirred the pot back up it was like simmering and then he was like let's boil this fucker again I thought that was pretty funny I like him so much because Joel comes in real hot and he knows a lot of info and you have like a civilian you two would be great running mates together oh yeah i don't know if you want to be president or vp but i feel like president dude what are you talking about it's everything i just said <laughs> oh no i'm sorry let joel be president and i'll be his vp fuck I'm off so i'm president i'm so sorry i'm president <laughs> i want to be president i'm president of this podcast fuck i'm saying yeah. it right now <laughs> but i'm secretary of state just happy to be here not sure what i do but i'm around <laughs> Oh, man, this is fun to talk to you. <laughs> I had brought some treats today. Wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going, it's going good. It, I'm so glad to talk with you, too. It's a relief to talk to you and see your fucking face. <laughs> welcome um, to Weed and Grub, everybody. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a tough week, but a good week. <sighs> and uh, if you're joining us for the first time, basically Weed and Grub is Mary Jane and I shooting the shit, talking about cannabis, comedy, cooking. We call a bunch of shit out. Um, we're angry, but we have love in our hearts. Yeah. And today is no different than any other day when it comes to that. Exactly. Well said, Mike. Thank you. I brought some gifts for you. Oh. Because I knew it's been a bummer of a week. All right. And so I thought, speaking of like great young women who have to, you know, who are like doing good things in the world. Fucking Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. Oh man, you are making my day. So I got some s'mores and I got some Thin Mints for you. Ooh. Man, um, thank you so much. I don't think I've ever had the s'mores. Oh, shit. Sorry, I'm turning it over to read the ingredients because I don't know if there's peanuts in here. Oh, sure. Uh, there are not. Okay. Ooh, okay, I'm having a s'more. Hit it with the s'more. Mm-hmm. We got Thin Mints. We got s'mores. Girl Scout cookies. Oh, they're, yeah. They're the best. Best cookie. Number great one. strain, too. Oh, my God. Girl Scout cookie is a really good well, strain. They've had to change the name now. They don't really call it Girl Scout cookies anymore. They just call it GSC. Wait, there's been more. We've done more work in the cannabis space to make sure it's not called Girl Scout work cookies than the country has done to like change policy. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, Interesting. It's, you know, it's a brand, man. Fucking hell. Corporations yo. are people, et cetera, et cetera. You just made me want to make I used to love Cool Whip. Like back in the days when I was doing Weight Watchers a lot. <clears throat> I would always have Cool Whip on hand. And I know it's fucking gross and it's just like petroleum or whatever and it's not good. But you just made me think of like putting two cold thin mints on either side of a little Cool Whip. 
Ooh, that sounds Sammy. really nice. Mm-hmm. Wait, Cool Whip is, yeah, it's it's like chemicals, but also yeah. it sounds satisfying. It's like, gross. I've had a huge spoonful of Cool Whip, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of just the sweet treat I needed. Yeah, it's something that I weirdly like. It's one of those, like, I don't know, I, I have, like, weird hankerings for things, because I wasn't allowed to have a lot of that stuff when I was a kid, so it's sort of just like a, like, feels like an illicit treat still mm-hmm. when I have it, but it's disgusting. Like, just whip some fucking cream. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck that. Don't eat Cool, cool Whip. Cool Whip is great. Ready Whip is great. It's all great. I had a milkshake last night at at uh what the hell is that place called 101 cafe mm. and i went way out of my comfort zone with the milkshake i'm usually like uh just like vanilla you know maybe add some caramel something something that like brings me back to my dairy queen days okay where i went on my first date ever a dairy queen yeah with renee crabtree i was like 13 maybe eight i don't know and uh-huh. she was older dated an older woman yeah, yeah. Hot. and i got a huge 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 vanilla caramel milkshake and she got one too and yeah. my parents left us there which was a huge deal you wow. know what i mean yeah and so we just like fucked on the countertop and then <laughs> my parents picked us up mm. and, and that was it was a f- great first date yeah yeah cool mm-hmm. um <laughs> DQ, so. It was it was like we it, our joke was DQ more like DP because the uh, guy who no. worked there. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not gonna let that happen. No, nope. All right. <laughs> you be talking about DQ DP <laughs> when you're a child, you nut. Yeah, child DP. Oh God. Okay. What t- what kind of fucking milkshake did you have last night, Mike? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Eat my Girl Scout cookie over here. I care. What kind of milkshake did you fucking have? It was called Purple Haze, and it was vanilla, but it had blueberries and honey mixed into it. Huh? Was it good? No. Yeah. It was like tart, sweet, and vanilla-y. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing made sense. It sounds weird. It was weird. I was like, because I, I don't know. I'm not a big fruit pie, fruit pie guy. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so I thought maybe a vanilla milkshake would be, you know, do the trick. And the whole thing was fucking disgusting. I think that might be good, some rebranding for you. Like instead of being known as like Mike Glazer, the comedian, you could be Mike Glazer, the fruit pie guy. The fruit pie guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, give me a slice. Hey, it's Glazer, the fruit pie guy. Yeah, I always got peaches in my hand. Yeah. I love it. This bag of peaches over here. <laughs> bag of peaches? Yeah. Johnny bag of peaches. <laughs> I love like uh, the organic healthy mobster nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Bag of Peaches. Jimmy Kale. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Tony Free Range. (laughs) Tony Free Range. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Free Range chicken eggs over here. It's Sal Chopped Salad. These woke mobsters, woke healthy mobsters, is so funny. Oh fuck! That's oh awesome. shit! They're at the farmers market again. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy chop salad. Andy Radicchio. <laughs> With a lime vinaigrette. Yeah. Oh fuck! That's great. Well, I um. Hey pal. Had a uh, delicious food encounter over the weekend. When I was in Joshua Tree for my friend Allison's birthday, I met a famous jam maker. What? Yeah. Like, not music, like uh, preserves and Fucking jellies? Both, actually. So Whoa. it was very cool because we were, like, having brunch, and she, there was a huge, like, 70 people went to Joshua Tree for this amazing birthday weekend, ate a bunch of mushrooms, had an incredible time hiking in the desert. There was a fucking... She had a band play. It was great. And um, we had all gone out for breakfast after a little mushroom hike, and I just ordered um, my whole big massive plate i had three sausage patties it was so much but anyway this um 
gal at the other end of the table was like, oh, you should try some of my jam with that. Her name is Laura Ann. And she just put a little pot of jam down. And then I tried it on my toast. She left. She just left the jam with me. And it was like, um, have you ever seen Ratatouille? Mm-hmm. You know when he tastes and like it goes all into all the like the swirls and colors? It was like that. Yeah, it brought him back to his childhood. Yeah, it was this like blackberry basil jam, I think. It was what? just insane. And Whoa. so later that day, I went up to her and I was like, your jam is incredible. You're rubbing your chest right now. Oh, yeah, it's like I'm touching my body because <laughs> this jam is so fucking good. Yeah. I went up to her later that and I was like, you know what? Your jam is amazing. And she goes, well, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal and I was like what and it turns out she's a famous jam maker her name's Laura Ann Laura Ann's jams she supplies salt and straw that's a huge wow the Oprah Winfrey network did a fucking segment on her she <laughs> what yeah Oprah was like I see you I and see I love jams. your jams yeah and her backstory is really cool because she was actually a fucking rock and roll like queen in Chicago oh you weren't kidding she played in a band called Evil Beaver and like fucking they were huge they were um, like they ran the scene in chicago and then she moved out to la and was like oh, i don't want to do that anymore i'm gonna make jams and i'll just knock that out of the park as well and I will, yes i will also dial that all the way up to 10 fucking awesome yeah wow okay so i want some cool. i want you to meet her she's fucking cool she lives here in la so maybe we can have her on the pod let's have her on the pod yeah. oh we'll jam on jam on jams jams and jams fuck yes that's right? what i need we need more guests like that we yeah. need more like oprah adjacent guests <laughs> Heard. That's awesome, especially because I'm assuming in the desert you did like a little bit of drugs, and so I yeah. feel like something homemade and healthy and like delicious like that is going to be even more intense and beautiful. It was great. I had these um, weed mints that are like two milligrams, and I just took those the whole time, and I microdosed mushrooms the whole time, and drank a lot of water and felt fucking great. And I also like drank a ton of wine and you know had had a great time like dancing around a campfire. But I I felt really good. It was so nice to get out to the desert and and just be you know kind of like vibrate on that plane yo i mean hitting the road and going out like that that kind of gets right into our news story this week yeah so let's hit it yeah uh this week it's at uh south by southwest along with everything happening at south by southwest the whole city of austin is shut down basically south by southwest was canceled and that means that the cannabis track that we were going to be a part of is canceled and um, our whole road trip is off, and hopefully it'll be rescheduled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so happy it's canceled. Uh, Hell yeah. What? Yeah, great job. Ageist flu. Ugh, yeah. F- fuck this. COVID-19. Fucking, fuck this. Yeah. Not okay. Not okay. And it was crazy to watch it kind of all unfold as like I was driving out to the desert still thinking that there might be a chance that we were going. And then my friend that I was riding with was like, oh, honey. And I was just like, ah, fuck. And I called you right away. And yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I was was fucking nuts. I was looking on uh, Amanda Duarte's Instagram feed and she had some thing where someone had fucking prophesied this in a book that was written like 20 years ago. And she had posted a picture of that circled and was like, in 2020, a mysterious virus will come out of nowhere and da, da, da. it was nuts Ooh, i don't know about that yeah i have problems with that stuff prophecies yeah you don't like them i i can just say all kinds of heinous shit and you know if you throw enough darts you're gonna get close to the bullseye sure so that's like how i feel about gary v right now on tiktok okay gary v right now on tiktok is like playing cards um tr- uh uh Sports cards, sports cards within the next, I read his article and it's bullshit. It's like <laughs> within the next two to five years, probably 
people are going to start valuing sports cards again. You have such a huge fan base that you can create an economy of supply and demand purely by acting like you are a prophecy for what could come. Mm -hmm. People are going to scramble for it and be like, oh shit, well then if that's going to happen, then I have to do it. So he's like creating a market. It's just bullshit. Yeah. You're, you're creating a market that wasn't there by creating f like a fever. Yeah. Just like the coronavirus. Gary V <laughs> is the exact same as the coronavirus. He's the coronavirus of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> coffee is my gratitude. Oh my God. Or gratitude is my coffee. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, He's nuts. I can't, man. I can't with him. I like, he hits like every time, I, like, he's like, Every so often he says some beautiful gem and I'm like, that's such a good fucking point. Mm -hmm. Such a good fucking point. I love what you just said right there. And that was a great reminder. And I will take that to heart. But the rest of the time, I'm like, you are just not like you're 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 making people feel like if they can make a hundred dollars on Amazon, uh -huh. that that's going to turn into a career. And that's just not how it fucking works. Yeah. It feels kind of irresponsible, right? It's irresponsible. Mm. Yeah. Just like coronavirus. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I'm not on board with the whole fucking motivational meow meow. I no, I don't like any of it. I've never, never fallen for it. I probably, I'm sure there are some books that you know Eckhart Tolle or whoever that I should read, and maybe I'd get something out of them. But in general, those sort of charlatans who are like, if you just do this, then this will happen. Mm, no. Also, no, because when you go, I feel like especially with somebody like Tony Robbins, I, I listen to this Brian Koppelman podcast a lot, The Moment, yeah, and I really like it, and I really like him. I think he's thoughtful, and he's smart, and he knows how to work the system for his advantage, mm -hmm. but he also is like an incredibly gifted writer who found his writing partner, so I feel like when he goes to Tony Robbins, he's already at like a level of success talent his family is famous he he's at this level where he can utilize tony robbins to level 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 up while everyone else who's at tony robbins is like just trying to break through the glass ceiling that we all are yeah. and like how long does that magic that he's like trying to instill within you last before you like go back to a system that is rigged against you right you know exactly right yeah i think that's it i mean the, you know anything like that promises you an answer quickly is you know, probably really not going to work. Yeah. It's in the, you know, it's a, it's a lot of little things that over time build up to a big thing. Exactly. So it's not, yeah, it's not just do this and then this will be the, you know, the result. It's like, no, you have to do these hundred things. And then a year from now, this thing may happen. Maybe. Possibly. Could. And if it doesn't, don't let it crush you. And then you have to do a hundred more things for another thing to possibly happen. Yeah. That might not. Could though. Whew. It's heavy. Wow, it is. Yeah, I just follow your heart, right? Yeah, well, follow your heart and you know do as much as you can to be ready for your dreams to come true. Yeah, but then if they don't come true, don't be crushed by that because you gotta keep swimming. I think that's why I'm really glad I found you. Uh, is because I finish things with you. Yeah, and that I think is like if I if I was a motivational speaker, I would just be like, find your people yeah. and hold each other accountable that's to it. finish things. Accountability partners. Oh, yep. Say more about that. It's a thing. I mean, it, it's a big part of the class that I'm taking right now, which is the path class. Um, you know, it's, it's finding that person and really sharing with them exactly what you have sort of like mapped out your week to be and saying, OK, these are the things I'm going to have you hold me accountable by checking in with me on this date that we've agreed on. And um, it fucking helps, man. Yo, that's what's up. That's what we're here for. Well, that news story fucking spiraled. 
as God everything damn. does on this podcast. Yeah, it does. We got to get to our guests. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Well, yeah. let's do Buds of the Week. My Bud of the Week is uh, my friend Ali Sue, whose birthday we just celebrated in the desert. She had people fly in from all over the world to shower her with love. Um, she's at Ali Sue Gerlock on Instagram. She's a fun follow. She does fucking mad cool stuff in Chicago with the Burning Man arts community there. And she's just a fucking cool artist and a, and a good soul and a beautiful heart. And she had the most crazy, amazing birthday party where, you know, we all just like danced and, and took mushrooms and ate fucking. There was this insane cake with like sugared hemp leaves or pot what? leaves. I'm not sure what they were, but they were like, yeah, weed leaves um, mm-hmm. that her friend Holly, who works for Eel, Eel River Organics, shout out Holly, had made and like tra- transported from Northern California to the desert. It was just crazy. You ate three pieces of that cake. I had three fucking pieces. <laughs> Three. That's so good. Mm, yeah, I I was not saying no to anything. <laughs> it was great. That's what's up. My jeans are tight. My butt of the week this week is Mammal Toes at Mammal Toes on Instagram because when we were talking last week about how uh, hot dogs should be called pig fingers. Yeah. Yeah, and then as it turns out, at Mammal Toes work. Uh, I'll post the picture on our IG story, um, but the Oscar Mayer pig finger mobile <laughs> <laughs> showed up at their work. That's so good. And that's so funny. And so I just got to shout out Mammal Toes because uh, synchronicity is a beautiful thing. Just fantastic. And pig fingers will never get old. <laughs> <laughs> Peanuts, popcorn. Pig fingers. <laughs> and I also want to give one more shout out. I'm double dipping on Buds of the Week this week because Juan Amaka hit us with some great bowl innovations that we were talking about last week as well because we were trying to come up with something besides like how a taco salad is just in a fried bowl yeah and was like well we need more types of bowls different bowls and so we got one from her it was a parmesan bowl for a kale caesar so the bowl is the caesar or is the parmesan of the kale caesar yeah fucking brilliant and then cheddar bowl for chili how good is that i I don't know how it would work wouldn't it just melt no a cheddar bowl for chili stringy mess wouldn't it just be a pile of chili on a plate with a bunch of cheese under it also fine. <laughs> okay. But you know, like, you know, when you make a grilled cheese, you get those crispy cheese edges. Sure. I think you could make a cheddar bowl the okay. same way you could make a Parmesan like, bowl for chili. You can make that cheddar kind of like hot glue consistency. Exactly. And it would hold its shape. Okay. And then a mozzarella bowl for meatballs. That one I love. Yeah. Because if you took like a boule, like a mozzarella boule, oh. and you like popped the meatball inside of it, oh, like wow. a little fucking dumpling. Yes. I mean, we just have to make that happen. Yeah. We that, could do like mini meatballs inside mozzarellas. That's a great idea. Ooh. And you just like move a little sauce in there, twist it up. Oh my God. Melt it a little. I am Mm-mm-mm. so fucking hungry now. <laughs> Basil leaf for presentation. Oh, yeah. Well, those are my buds of the week. Awesome. Should we get to our guest? Yeah, our VIB, our very important bud. Our VIB this week is a titan of the cannabis industry, Big Mike from Advanced Nutrients, man. Yo, he's a real one. Yeah, Big Mike has been in the game since 1983. I became aware of Big Mike and Advanced Nutrients when I was working at High Times because Advanced Nutrients would have these like beautiful two-page spreads in the mag. He's like just been crushing it as a, a, a like a cannabis guy. I would say icon. Icon, yeah, totally. He's, he's, he's a big person. He's a big guy. He does good work. He has a big heart. He was a lot of fun to chat with. And uh, he has his own podcast called Business Outlaws. And yeah, he's just he's just really neat and full of great tips and knowledge and wisdom from, you know, 30 plus years in the cannabis game. Almost 40 years, I guess. Yeah. Jesus. Also, he throws great parties. Yo. Yeah. I went to a party at his marijuana mansion and it was like, there's a f- seafood towers and like people swimming in the pool. It was great. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Word. All right. Well, without further ado, here is our interview with Big Mike. Hey, 
you don't mind just kind of introducing yourself and giving a little background and we can jump in from there. Uh, I've been in, I, my name is Big Mike. I'm the owner of Advanced Nutrients. I've been in the cannabis uh, business since I've been 23 years old and I'm 59 now. So that's, I guess, do the math, 37 years. Yeah. Advanced Nutrients is, is a 20 year old company. We're the most profitable company in cannabis globally. Uh, for 15 of those years, we've had a license to research cannabis from a national government. There's only three licenses like that in the in the world during the dark ages, I call it. Mm -hmm. There is GW out of the UK and Tikkum Olam out of Israel and us out of Bulgaria. Wow. Just to ask the biggest question that's sure. been on my mind, because the cannabis industry to me is like, it's just bananas right now, man. It's fucking it, it, bananas. No, it, it's insane. And... People say, well, how come you haven't gone public? How come you haven't done this? Well, the, the hypervaluations, you're in a fantasy land. I do not want to buy assets and I don't want to go public when everything is overpriced and the market is not reflecting anything realistic. Can you talk a little bit about your portfolio so everyone knows like uh, all of the things that Advanced Nutrients encompasses? Well, uh, uh, through the years, I've done it literally all. I've been in equipment manufacturing for the cannabis space. Uh, nutrients. I've owned hydroponic stores, distribution. Did a, uh, I had a seed breeding company for a while called Laughing Moon Seed Company. I've done a, a little bit of everything uh, for a while, for a long while in this industry. Do you feel like you saw everything coming before it was coming? That's funny. My brother <laughs> and I were during the dark ages trimming our, our crop and uh, I can remember saying to him, I go, you know, John, one day this is going to be legal. And this was like 97. He goes, yeah, 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 whatever. I go, no, listen to me. This is going to be legal. He said, and, and you were right. He, he said, because I saw the door opening up. There was Prop 216 that happened in California. They were talking in Canada about federally being legal, cannabis being legal. And then it went federally legal. And I said, okay, this is the brother, the small brother to the north. It's only a matter of time. The door has been, uh, medical marijuana has been cracked open. And it's only a matter of time before this goes legal. And sure enough, it, it has in Canada and state by state here. And soon, federally, it's going to be legal. If you're listening to the debates, I would look at the different candidates that uh, want to make it federally legal immediately and reclassify it. I think they'll get a lot of votes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What up, Bernie? Bernie. <laughs> well, yeah, listening. Bernie. <laughs> well, but you know, it's funny with Bernie. Bernie shot himself, like, say, like, like literally put a gun to his head when it came to cannabis he initially he said he wasn't for cannabis and, and, and thought it should be you know more controlled and all this and I, when I heard him say I said oh my god Bernie do you realize what you just said yeah what you've just done and then he, he you know he retracted that and now he's come full circle seen the light yeah he's well, saying day god. one day one I'll legalize cannabis. yeah so well, now he's totally totally changed it's gonna be interesting to see what what Trump does uh, on that that's the only reason it isn't federally legal now is because they're both parties are holding off on that. They're mm. both using it on their platform to, to gain votes. I personally think 2022, 20, 2023, it will be federally legal by then. Banking will open up right away. It already has for hemp. Yeah. And, and, and other banks are starting to soften their stance on uh, the, what they call the touch side of the business. What is that? The touch side is the psychoactive side of cannabis versus the, the, uh, the what they call the non-psychoactive, uh, which would either be CBD or the, the hemp side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, I wish I wish I were, like was the mayor or something to like really understand why 
it hasn't like gone federally legal yet and what they're really waiting for and like why they're holding that card so close to the vest. Well, I, I've talked to some mid-level pharma guys and they said that they, they got caught with their pants down when it came to the CBD thing. What does that mean, got caught with their pants down? They didn't understand that CBD was going to be such a big hit mm. and they weren't prepared for it and they hadn't gone through all of the, 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 the different things that they have to do to be able to make the claims for CBD. So now they bought themselves the time to, to go and do what they got to do. In addition to being a businessman, you mm. also know how to have a great time. Yeah. And I was at one of your legendary parties. You were. At Which the Marijuana one? Mansion. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've like lived many lives, I yeah. feel like, you know, as a businessman and also, also just like as, a, as an advisor to Hollywood on cannabis mm -hmm. and hosting parties and you have charitable initiatives yes, that give Humanity back to Heroes. the city. Yeah. yeah. I, I just would love to hear about like how you how you diversified into all of those things. You know, I, it just as as things kind of just transpire and things evolve, you just look at the landscape and and adapt uh, adapt to it. But I've always been science backed. I realized early on that the answers to cannabis were were in science. So I have always used scientists from the very beginning to do mm -hmm. the research with the UBC University and BCIT up in Canada. I put the two together. They both had different licenses, but when I put the license together, I was able to do research in Canada when no one else was doing it. And I looked at the roots, branches, buds, leaves of different varieties, uh, and and every single week of growing, what were they using? What you know? What were the nutrient requirements? And I, I figured it out. Because your background is in science? Well, at 19 years old, I started with a company called Turf Pro. I, it was my own company. It was uh, uh, We put the chemicals on the grass to make the grass green and kill the weeds. So I was already mixing these huge tanks of chemicals, dealing with fertilizer. And then my friends turned me on to cannabis when I was 23 years old and growing that. And they wanted help. And I decided to help them and became their partner and figured out a lot of stuff. They didn't know how to take cuttings. I mean, there was no info. You got to remember, this is 1983. There's no information out there, like very little. There was High Times, there was Sense Amelia Tips, and Mel Frank had wrote a couple books. <laughs> and 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 that is and those are the name of his cats, by the way. And so, there wasn't a lot of information. It was we had to kind of figure everything out. But I was able to go into agriculture and and figure some things out. Like, the first time I took cuttings was called the floating broth method, where you actually take a piece of styrofoam and you put a hole through it, and you have uh, different uh, kinds of uh, hormones in your liquid and you just float the, 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 the plant in there and it eventually grew roots and I was able to do that from the very get-go. So they said, oh, you're, you're, you can help us out here. So that was it. That was my start. It sounds like when you were growing up, you were doing science experiments while everyone else was watching TV and eating cereal. Oh, listen, I used to go to my, people would be watching ball games and stuff. I'm studying books and I'm reading and, and they're looking at me like, why do you do all that? I go, I don't know, I just yeah. I'm wired that way to do it. At the library, you're going to the library. Well, I went to, I went to the library a lot. I went, I went to UBC's library, their, their reference library, and I looked at all the research publications that were out there. People don't, aren't aware that there are magazines that are out there for scientists. Hmm. And they're written at that level and their research. And I went into all those and just started studying and looking at all the different things I was reading magazines from Europe. I had papers translated from you know, from Russian into into English on, on hemp research all the way back from 1904. Like, look, everything you need to do, there's a lot of information in books. You just gotta go and take the time and delve in. And there's a lot of information that could lead you in many different directions in life if you decide. But uh, yeah, definitely go to the reference libraries of uh, colleges. There's a lot of great information. 
Take a look and read a book. Yeah. Oh, take a look and read a book. Yep. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Most people don't read books. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. They say the average person when they get out of high school reads six books in a lifetime or some kind of crazy number like that. That's it's really so super depressing. low. It, oh. it is depressing. Yeah. Do you remember Absolutely. the moment when you translated that from you know your book reading into like I'm going to have a career in cannabis? Was there a light bulb moment? No, there there there, there really wasn't. It was just. It's just constant learning and applying what you learn. And then I found a bunch of the, the best plant research PhDs in the world get together every couple of years and they meet. And I figured out where they met. And I, I basically, you know, just went in and yeah. sat down and uh, someone came up and talked to me. And I, and I said, listen, I'm not a scientist, but I, I study cannabis. And they said, welcome. You know, to us, cannabis is just another plant. That's fine. I was the only non-PhD in the room, and I got to talk to all these guys about what are they doing in plant research and what's working and what's that and what special project do you have? And I, I found all kinds of cool little tricks that you can do with plants. And, uh, of course, I had to, you, know, you had to test them on cannabis and the different varieties and, and see if they work. And some stuff worked and worked great, and some stuff didn't work at all. It's life. These are the only two references I have for science and math, but I love doing proofs when I was okay. in high school and I loved asking like if then as yep. like the biggest question in figuring out like how to make choices. If I choose this, then what could happen? Mm -hmm. Is that how you focus on business and scale and grow or is it no, all? I, I, I'm, I, I do things, I connect dots. My, my real talent is being able to look forward and take unrelated to most people what they would consider unrelated information and understand the connection between the two of them and that gives me a picture of the marketplace and then i'm able from there to extrapolate the, the next what i think is go going to happen so you can see the future well <laughs> i can yeah i've been really good at, at being able to kind of figure that part out mm -hmm. by all means i'm not psychic or anything it's just data and you're looking at it and, and analyzing it yeah and then letting the subconscious kind of come up with the the answer people don't realize the subconscious mind rules our entire lives yours mine Mm. Oh, oh yeah, folks back there. Oh, that oh, makes they're, me so they're, nervous. They're, they're not even. You're not even. You think you're in charge of your reality, and, you, and you're not. No, no mm. not 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 at all. But you can steer the path. Well, like, okay, right? so well, yeah, but your but your subconscious is, is. So they say true intelligence, IQ, and all this. To me, true intelligence is how many programs that you've learned at the unconscious competence level. There's four stages of learning it. So when you're at the highest level like riding a bike, typing, speaking, that's all unconscious competence. The more things that you have in the back of your brain that they start functioning for you automatically and, and processing and thinking about things and all of a sudden, boom, oh wow, where that idea came from? Well, it came from all the past stuff that you've learned and you've got good at and your brain is figuring it out. That's cool because when I think about successful people who they always say like 10 years, 10,000 hours, and yeah. that's got to be what that is, is like you're just building a subconscious oh, yeah. program for those in those 10,000 hours. Sure. So cannabis, I've spent, you know, well over 10,000 hours studying that and, 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 and business. And so you kind of put the two together. It works. I, I feel like you've got, you've had to have taken some uppercuts in life. Uh, like lots. You. Yeah. I, I've, look, I've had police arrest, you know, been arrested a couple of times. I was never convicted on those charges. Uh, what they try it, to arrest it, you for? Tough. Well, they, the large-scale cultivation and smuggling, and then uh, another smuggling. one was uh, cultivation. Another one was cultivation. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Handcuffed back of the car. Oh yeah, go. and then then they thought I was a flight risk, so I couldn't get bail for three months, and I finally got it. So it's wow. the longest stint I had to do. If you're looking to get into the business, what advice do you have for people coming coming up now? 
don't rush into it. There is, you know, Drake said, well, if you're not in the cannabis business now, you're too late. Absolute bullshit. It, it just is. Right now, there is such a churn and burn going cash-wise in business. Half the businesses in California right now, within one year, are going to be out of business because they're going to run out of money. They're doing a lot of stupid things that they don't understand about this space. They're treating it like a normal space. Sorry, it's not. It's heavily regulated. There's things about the, the plant. They think that marijuana growers are just making easy money and going out there planting a few seeds and, and these plants magically grow themselves. I can tell you, the hardest work I ever did was being an outdoor grower and, and, and running indoor operations. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It, it's a lot of work. And they're not, they don't think, they think it's just easy money. And it's not, it's, it's hard work. Are you lobbying at all in Sacramento to get the regulations oh, I Yes, I have lobbyists. Absolutely, I do. And I, I, I am talked to the governor several times about lowering taxes and, and things that they have to do to make uh, get rid of the black market. So definitely, cannabis is heavily regulated by the government. And if you don't have lobbyists and you're not up there and you're not active, you're just going to get rolled over. Plus, the community has to get represented in this day and age correctly and the way to do that is through lobbying you're not going to do it any other way are you seeing a fight inside the industry look our, our <sighs> there's a fight on the in in the industry where the guys who are in the industry for the longest time don't understand what the money guys are all about and how they operate and a lot of them have been taken advantage of because yeah. of that yeah. and what they're not understanding is those people that are in the industry are the ones that you actually need in your company and you should be listening to. You may not like the way that they maybe speak or they dress or, or how they look at life, but they're critical to your mission being successful. And I see these guys, money guys come in and they try to dress in tie-dye shirts and they try to act like they're all cool with cannabis. People see right through that. They, you know, it, they're not fooling anyone. Yeah. And they're and guess what? They're all going out of business. They're not making any money. Because they're just they're just going in, they're just grabbing cannabis, whatever. A lot of companies they're using their money, they're not spending it wisely. They're they're buying disconnected businesses that I look at it and I go like, how the hell is all that gonna come together in, in a cohesive plan to uh, to move their uh, their investors forward? Now, and there are some guys out there that are doing things cor correctly, some money guys, they actually get it, but but very, the majority of them do not understand. I know one one yeah. guy out there, he's a money guy, multi-billionaire, he's a, he's a patient, he medicates regular, been, been in the, been smoking cannabis, you know, 30 years of his life. He gets it, he does understand it. But these other folks who, you know, poo-poo cannabis, and I don't know, I've never tried it, and I still don't know, but I'm okay with CBD, they're the ones that are, gonna, are, are having the difficulty. So have you, have you had people come? Yeah, there, yeah, there was an investor that I, I, I said no to many years ago. He's a pump-and-dump expert out of Vancouver. And so yeah, I said no, and then put people on the inside, try to bust it out. They caught them, didn't work, they're going to jail. Eventually, it's wild. So I, I get here. offers all the time. Sure. And these money guys, they're used to coming into these cannabis people, and the cannabis people aren't understanding the, you know, what they're getting themselves into, and so they just, they're taking advantage of everybody, and they thought they could do the same thing. I'm just listening to their malarkey, and I'm just like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not interested. 
I mean, what what will happen? Do you? It, I mean, if you can talk about when things go federal, I feel like well, you that, have that, a okay. So you, you want it right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, and you're right. You hit it right in the head. When the United States federal government says that cannabis is is now federally legal, that's when the real money, the real business starts. Up to this point, it's I just it's just fiction. It's, it's fictitious make believe money that's being thrown around. Valuations. The, the hyper valuations. And I can remember I was on Yahoo Finance in New York talking about that. And I said, you know, this balloon is going to bust. And sure enough, I don't know, it was probably four months later, five months later, that it's it's happening now. When you look at if you look at Canada, it's a one billion dollar a year marketplace, and they're producing sixteen billion dollars worth of weed. Okay, I don't have to be a rocket scientist to do the math and know that ninety five percent of those businesses are going to go out of business because there's no there's not enough Demand resources for or, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's not enough there's not enough business for them all. Man, and then they go, well, we're going to go we're going to go to foreign markets. Well, foreign markets, all these countries are going through their own undulations and decision making processes. It's going to be a while before this whole thing gets kind of straightened out. Prohibition took 30 years. Well, well, we got the internet and technology, so give us about 15 years, 20 years, and this thing will be running smoothly. Mm -hmm. But until that time, there's, there's a lot of rough roads ahead because every country is different in how they think. I mean, you're all the way from the Middle East, you got the Asians, they think different than the people in the Middle East, and yeah, everything in between. People who want to hear more about your thoughts on business can tune into your podcast, Business Outlaws. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a podcast. I do it with Chris Collins. He's a, a business turnaround expert, one of the best in the world that I've ever met. And uh, the whole premise of our show, Business Outlaws, is what would we do if we could go back and talk to our 24-year-old selves right now? What advice would we give ourselves? And that's the whole premise of the show, and that's, we, we do it. And you guys have a great time together, too. We do, yeah. We, he, uh, you know, he drinks uh, tequila, and I smoke weed. <laughs> so it's, it's great. It's a great combo. It's, it's the only time working that I'll actually um, medicate, and that's when I do the, uh, when I do the show. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Which, which, uh, which pre-roll is it for you? Oh, well, I'll use Creative Kingdom when, when I'm on on, uh, on the air uh, for the show, absolutely. Yeah, very uh, nice. Sativa's ups, up. I don't want to be down. I just want to like... <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about Humanities Heroes? Sure, yeah. Yeah, just what, what, well, how did you Well, you know, I, I started it? in Bulgaria. I started in Bulgaria because I wanted to give money during Christmas time. And they go, well, there are no charities to give money. I said, wait a minute. There's no charities in this country. And they said, absolutely not. And I thought, okay, well, first of all, I think a business has... A responsibility if you're successful and you're making money to give directly back to your community which we do uh, we've had the cannabis care program we've given well over a million dollars worth of uh, nutrients and equipment over the years to, to cannabis patients and then society as a whole so then we uh, we fed a bunch of people uh, during a, a, a Christmas and Easter there and it was originally called holiday heroes and that was a limiting name so now we went to humanity heroes and now here in LA so we've got Bulgaria then in LA we hand out backpacks to the homeless. So well, how can, ironically in Bulgaria, there's, there's very few homeless. Hmm. Mm -hmm. They all generationally take care of, care of each other. But, but there's poor families and they can't afford to eat, so we, we fed them here, and there was bigger was a homeless problem. So we hand out backpacks of goods, not what the shelter said we should hang out, put out. This is very important. We went on the street and asked the people, the homeless, what do you want? What's going to make your life better? And so we put all that stuff into the backpacks and we hand them out. We hand it out. First year we did it. And, uh, first year it was 1,500 backpacks and 1,800. Last year it was 3,000 backpacks. Wow. And, and we'll, we'll hand out probably 5,000 uh, or more next year. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, especially here if you're listening and you're not. And, and what people, yeah, people don't realize there's fifty to 60,000 people every evening that are homeless in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, huge problem. 20% of those folks have not ever, ever slept in a bed for a year. Yeah. It's brutal. I was watching on CBS a special just about this, and they were interviewing women and families, and they go, do you ever think that this would ever happen to you? And they said, no, never would I ever think that I would be homeless. And most people aren't aware of how close people are to homelessness. Most people are two paychecks away from being on the curb. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. We should be in a society less about all the, 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 the stuff and the, what you have and more about taking care of yourself and saving up for the future and, and you know, having a bit of a bankroll. Where does this come from? Like, you, have a, you have an open heart, and mm. then you also you talk so glowingly about like your brother yeah. and everything. So like, mm. is family a big part of like, Bulgaria for your, or for just for well, yourself? Well, okay. one of the things from? I learned in Bulgaria is family is everything. Okay. Like, they have a different culture than we do. Their culture is about still about family, keeping it together, keeping the bond together, and, and helping each other out. Where here, it's like it's free for all, you all for yourself. Yeah. So family is important to me. Very were you, important. Were you born in Bulgaria? No, I was born in Portland, Oregon. However, <laughs> my mother was Estonian, my father was Latvian, and both of those are EU countries. So Estonia went to the EU first, and they said, "Look, you're first generation. If you want Estonian citizenship, you can have it." So I said, "Okay, I'll take it." Yeah. And then next thing I know, they're in the EU. And I have an EU passport now, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really cool. Yeah. It's a good thing to have. So then what's the dinner table look like? Like, are you... Oh, the, when you're Bulga the Bulgarian food. I love Bulgarian food. I, I, I grew up on this Eastern European food. My mother was starting, my father was Latvian. And it's all kind of natural to me. So when I sit down at there, they didn't yeah. freak me out. They eat a lot of organ meats, like tongue and livers and stomachs oh, really? and tripe soup. And my dad used to always cook all this stuff. Like, he would go and buy it cow tongue I'm dad what are you doing <laughs> goes, son you don't know let me cook it for you and sliced it up and I go, well, it was pretty good yeah. so I got used to eating all that kind of stuff all my life what's your number one dish musica oh. yeah musica where it's it's potatoes and meat put together but I put more meat than I put potatoes in it yeah. And a little bit of cheese topping to it. Wait, is it like an all cheese. day, like an all day simmer where it's sitting? Yeah, in they, pot, they cook. Ah, kind of yeah, they boil down the vegetables. It takes about three hours to make. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The whole place smells good. Yep, it does. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's my dish. I, I'd like to talk a little bit about your branding because when okay, I first sure. moved here, um, I saw before I saw anything else. I saw your car. And it was the Ferrari. the Ferrari with the pot leaves on it. Yeah. Or the one that says Big Mike's Blends on it because I changed the wrap. The, the, the one with the pot leaves. Oh, on yeah. It, it yeah. was at a cannabis cup, I think. Yeah, that got a ton of did. attention. When we put that, for, we, even got, we got into the Ferrari has uh, like weird things that people do with their Ferrari cars. And we, we, they put us into that thing. So yeah, we got more response out of that with the pot leaves on it than the current wrap that's on it now that says Big Mike's Blends. So now I'm going to rewrap it to something else that's. I don't know. Yeah. Gets as much attention as the first car. But Please. Yeah, that, I, that, I, that was a cool. That, I, I, I might even go back to that. I was like this. And yeah. I just, yeah, it was crazy. You yeah. got a selfie with the car? Oh, yeah. Oh. Immediately. God bless you. I hope you put it all over the place. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was on my it was on my Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So then when you when you're telling when you're doing branding and things like that for your new. Um, well, by the way, I'm branding a category, not necessarily. So Big Mike's Blends, I'm, I'm, I'm branding my brand. But when I had the, the pot leaves on there. 
I'm branding a category. I'm, I'm, I'm an activist, right? So if you look at my, my, my vehicles, you'll see there's a pot leaf on the door. It's very subtle. You can't hardly see it. The cars are black, so this and, and the leaf is black, but it is there. And then the emblems, uh, the Cadillac uh, Escalade emblem is uh, a pot leaf, and then the, the Maybach one is a pot leaf too on there. If you look, very subtle, but it's it's there, but not you know so much in your face. And people yeah. kind of catch it. They go, wait. Oh, nice. That's yeah. <laughs> even like, stickier. Like an, it is. It is. It's even stickier. It's like an Easter egg. Uh, I wanted to talk about your starter pack. Oh, yeah. For people who want to learn how to grow. Because but they you, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because it, it has pH-perfect technology. Usually when you are growing hydroponically, you need all this testing equipment for your reservoir. You need to, to know where your, your pH is, and then you have to buy this equipment to calibrate your, your, your pH and EC meters. You don't need to do any of it. You don't need to spend that $300 to, get, to have all that equipment to do that because the pH-perfect mechanism self-balances automatically. So, so we've got, oh yeah. If it's, I'm a new grower yeah. and I just have like a, bu a bucket and a plant. That's it. I just buy your starter pack and I'm good And to some go. dirt and some seeds. That's it. And so it's not only got, it not only does it have the base nutrients, it's got also a curated products that I picked. It's like we have Big Bud in there. We have Bud Candy, Voodoo Juice, B52, and Overdrive. And so this is going to really take that plant to the next level with those products in there. The names of your products sound like movies. Like they do. Voodoo juice. Really? Bud well, they're, candy. They're alliterations. They, they, they rhyme or they're sing-songy and they're, they're easy to remember. Yeah. Is yeah. that how you come up with them? Yes. Yeah. No, there's a definite methodology behind how I pick names. And, yeah. You know. Everybody we speak to, it just keeps coming back to grow your own, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. So to talk about a starter pack like this. Yeah, starter is, pack is, is, is great yeah, for growing your own and then just need a little bit of dirt and a couple seeds and away you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And there'll be a day where the seeds will be in the starter pack. That's but, it. Uh, maybe yes. that's a couple of years away. We got to get federal legal, but that day will come. Coming. Great. I you yes. are a um, an advisor to a very well known cannabis movie. I think. Right. Yeah. A couple. A couple. I was on Weeds for uh, seven years. I was the uh, the technical advisor on that show, uh, Pineapple Express, Leaves of Green. Wow. Uh, a bunch of them. Uh, Did you just show up on set and say you're no. doing it all wrong? <laughs> no, no. It's funny with weeds. Uh, people said, "How the hell did you get on there?" Well, I was watching season one, and they mentioned that they were going to have a grow room. Boom. So I called them up. I go, "Listen, who do you have doing your grow room? I'd love to set it up." So I walk in. Uh, so they go, "Okay, fine. Come down to Desi Arnaz Studios in in in, in Hollywood. Okay, fine." I walk on this on onto the studio lot. You go, oh, well, come on, just follow me. We just want to talk to you in this room over here. Okay, no problem. So I'm, I'm walking. I go in the room, and there's this this conference table that's got about 30 chairs on it. They're all filled, and there's one chair empty at the at the at the head of the table. I go, where do you want me to sit? And and, and they want me to stand and talk. And they go, no, that's your chair over there. And they can they asked me a bunch of questions, and they had some growers there and some other folks there, and. Apparently, I answered all the questions right, and no time did I ever feel like I, you know, flubbed an answer or anything. I just answered, and they go, "Okay, we'd like to have you on there." And in return, I had product placement. Yeah. So uh -huh. that that was a trade-off. And then, you know, Julie Boulder was the one who was the the headset designer there, and she put my name out to all the other set designers. So whenever there was a marijuana movie with pot or whatever, and they needed a technical advisor, I would we'd get the call. Nice. That's how that happened. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so are you smoking with Seth Rogen? 
And no, I've never even met him, but I would love to. Yeah, let's yeah. get that happening. If yeah. you know, hell awesome. yeah. Yeah. Let's, get him yeah. in that podcast let's studio get him of a yours. Hot box. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to. <laughs> and I've seen him. He had the gravity bong and everything. I mean, totally. he's, he's into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to happen. I'm, now yeah. I have a mission. All right. Oh, totally. Cool. I just wanted to ask a couple more questions. How long have you been in Los Angeles? Four and a half years. I think about four and a half Where years. Where were you living before here? Bulgaria. Okay. So you relocated to LA. Yeah, because I realized media and marijuana, this is the intersection. I can, I'll say this, the best cannabis brands in the world are going to come out of California. The biggest, the best will be here. This is ground zero for cannabis in yeah. the United States. And how do you feel about the dispensary culture and like what's going on sort of on the, on the streets of LA? The, well, look, they need to get, they need to get the black market under control. Uh, it's really killing the dispensary business. The dispensaries, though, a lot of them do make money, and it's it's a good sector to be in. Is the dispensary business? There's some dispensaries doing you know twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dispensaries, you, dispensaries make money. Have you thought of opening up your own? Yeah, shop? I, I I've thought about that. I have a plan for that, but that's I'm not going to say what it is. Come back on here and announce when you're ready. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the my final question for you is. It's more of a statement, but I'm mm -hmm. hoping you can jump off on it. Is that like, it seems like you're so aware of how important the culture is to like make the business it's, go yeah. instead of the other way around. And that's yeah, exactly. And the, the the money people I call the new money people come in. They look at the culture and they kind of snicker and they, they laugh. They shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. They should be embracing these folks and figuring out how to mentor them and 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 and, and lead them to. The next uh, evolution. And learn from go. them, right? Yeah. 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 They can learn from each other, actually. And the cannabis people shouldn't look at the money people either and go, I hate your effing guts because you're the money people. Right. Like, talk to them. Just talk and, and learn and, and learn the game and learn the language. Just like in cannabis, we have our own kind of language that we use, and every sector has the vocabulary that, that they use. And the money guys use certain terms and tech, you know, things that you're not aware of, but just tell them, I don't know. Today I was talking to a guy. One guy go, I don't know that. Explain it to me. Yeah. I don't. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the knowledge. No one does. And just don't be afraid to say that. You know, I, I need some advice here. Smoke up. Don't turn your nose down. That's it. All right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, anything else? Do you have a strain of cannabis? No, I own strain. After people have tried to wanted to name it, I've been hesitant. So. Uh, I do have Big Mike's blends, and I have seven. We sell outcomes. We don't sell strains. And, and so because growers, they should be growing strains. And we came out of our grower-centric community, so people are used to strains. Patients want outcomes. Nice so job. I've got Morning Motivator. You wake up in the morning, it's your ultimate wake and bake. i got Creative Kingdom, so you can work and be creative at the same time. You get home, i got Mellow Me, chill. Want to go to bed, i got Dank Dreams. Then, hey... Party time. I got Hell's Bells. That's it. Sensual sensations for the best sex you ever had. Yes. And if you had the best sex you ever had, then you can eat my next product, which is called Rapid Relief, <laughs> which is a CBD and everything to take away the pain. There you go. We got a rev. What a way to bring it home. All yeah. right. Yeah. Could you please share how everyone can reach out to you, find you? Oh, you can look. Go, the best way to find it, uh, to find me, is go to Instagram and uh, just uh, type in Big Mike. There it is. That easy. And you're a fun follow. That's right. Thank you very much. And also, Advanced Nutrients. Thank you so much. Thank Great you so much. Great being here. If you want to follow us, we are at Weed and Grub on Instagram. And you can email us at wg at weedandgrub.com with any questions you have for us. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.